0: Madison's Alternative 1067, The Resistance. This week for the Disruptor series, I'm joined by Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind. Hello.
1: Hey, it's nice to be with you, Miranda.
0: Wikipedia says you lived here in Madison for a couple of years. Is that true?
1: No, I lived in Milwaukee. Oh. I lived awesome. in so when I was about seven days old, my mother hopped on a plane and took me out to Milwaukee, where my dad had his first teaching gig at uh um University of Wisconsin um but he's at Milwaukee now Madison and uh so my very earliest memories are actually Milwaukee and um I can't help it every time I go back there I feel some something will occur to me or some some sense some something will happen to me that that makes me feel this real affinity but Madison's my favorite town (laughs) Uh, um, we played we I remember we played this Halloween block party in Madison and I just thought it was the greatest.
0: Yeah, freak but, fest. Uh,
1: so I'm a big yeah, I'm a big fan and and um it's just more my you know more my vibe. So
0: you're a musician, singer, actor, producer. You also launched a small batch tequila brand a couple of years ago. Do you naturally stay so busy or do you push yourself to get involved in so many things?
1: I think both. Um, I just read this really interesting thing I'm trying out, I don't know, uh from a Buddhist monk. And he's, so he's in his orange outfit and he was saying that there are three kinds of people. They're the type who you wake up and you hit that, the alarm, you hit the, like the snooze button, you're already out of the bed. Like you're out of there. first, first one. And you turn around and you make the bed and you make it proper, crisp, go in bathroom, brush your teeth, off you go. The second one is the one who kind of lays there and, uh, you know, you stretch and little, just you might look at your phone a little bit. Uh, Then you go up, go to the bathroom, come back and make the bed. And the third type is the one who gets up, doesn't make the bed at all because it's going to be there. I'm going to be gone all day anyway. I've never been the third type, but I've always been the second type. And the second type is a procrastinator. So he says, and the first type is somebody who is all about finishing projects and getting things done. I'm the kind of person who never, ever is satisfied with self and never gets enough done. I read that. And this morning I got up. Turned right around, started my day, and no, no phone, no YouTube, right for an hour. Honestly, and I said I'm going to do this for 30 days. And honestly, it's the most productive morning that I've had. Trippy, right? Yeah. So we'll see how it goes for 30 days. So, to answer your question, I am. Um, I feel like I am a driven person, but I am not driven enough, and I look for ways to be to do more.
0: New album, Our Band Apart, came out in September. To me, it seems more mellow than Screamer that came out in 2019. Did it feel different writing the album?
1: Way different. Uh, I had a whole other album written before uh, the pandemic happened, and uh, the very first night of our show, um, of our tour, uh, was I guess it was that March. It was like March 11, and we Pearl Jam canceled their tour on the. 12th we canceled ours on the 13th and people were still doing concerts and we were just you know tripping out so we went right into the lockdown mm-hmm. where i had this new album written not our band apart but a totally different one and we were going to workshop that mm-hmm. while we promoted screamer Um, because everything got canceled i felt just emotionally not resonating with those songs in the same way i just needed to hold still in that point of Stillness in the in the lockdown, the pandemic. I kind of forced myself. This is like you know, just like making myself do it. Go in and start writing, writing in my journal, picking up my guitar, fiddling with it. And then I had a group of songs. So I, I was like, I don't know what these songs are. I know that they're very different. Um, should I make this solo album? I've never done that before. I don't know how. I don't know how this all fits in with anything. And my manager, Missy Collazo, she was very helpful. And she said, it doesn't have to fit anything. It's whatever you think it is. And don't, don't try to make an album in a way because um, you're just not that kind of artist. So just go make the album as it is, what it is. And I, so I took it down to LA where the rest of the band live and workshopped it with them. And we made this album. There's no like promotion budget for, for radio or anything. It's just, it is just what it is. and honestly. It's the most proud of an album I felt. I, I don't know, in I don't know how long. It's wholesome in itself, in a way that I want, in a way that um, some other albums haven't been. So I like it.
0: Was it nice to kind of get a break from touring during the pandemic, or did that totally suck for you?
1: No, it was. I think that there are positive aspects of of what happened. I think that that we all got to take a look at ourselves and for me i think i became more less performative less you know because we just don't have these public faces any uh, as much so i think i probably became a little bit more real with people I just kind of got used to it not being out in public and not when you meet people you always have your representative of yourself is this is this like invisible shield in front of you so it, it it has its uses that kind of evaporated that glamour kind of came off in a certain way and i think that's useful and it's something that i would like to hold on to
0: are there plans to tour for the new album or are you going to go back to screamer
1: there's going to be a tour next summer and between now and then we'll do a few one off shows i'm actually working on some i'm working on some music right now i'm actually in a mm-hmm. residential studio in texas this week so i'm back in the studio yeah
0: why texas
1: we were doing a little uh show in dallas and there is this residential studio where we could all live and work for a week and next summer will be the 25th anniversary of third eye blind and i wanted to do something musically that would connect with that anniversary so that's what i'm working on right now
0: Twenty-five years—that's crazy.
1: I know. Don't it go by in a flash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The Third Eye Blind was my first concert at the Minnesota State Fair in 1998. So you've clearly had an influence on my direction in life. Right. Do you remember your first concert?
1: Yeah, I was a little kid. My brother took me to Thin Lizzy right before Phil Lynott died, and it was at a—it was at an arena. And I—I I, don't—I think I was seven years old or something, and uh, I just remember the smell. And it was so hot to me. Like I was smelling something I didn't understand that was dangerous and enticing. And it it was, it was just hot. And I was like, I, you know, I don't know what this is, but I want more. I want in, I want in. Yeah.
0: Do you think that you were born with frontman energy or is it something you've had to curate over time and experience? Or like, did you know as soon as you smelled that smell that you wanted to be on stage or just that you wanted to be part of the shows?
1: I always wanted to be the drummer, but I never saw being the drummer as as the background. I, I saw that as like the one holding it entirely together. That's exactly. how I, yeah. So, you know, same thing with the Food Fighters. So like Nirvana, this Dave Grohl's band, I mean- it you know it's kurt's genius but it's dave's band like he's the one holding. so that was always where i wanted to be and that's where that's where he really always wanted to be as well so my real training is as a drummer and that's what i wanted to be but we could never find a singer so i just you know kind of stepped in and um i have been lucky that i don't really have stage fright i feel comfortable being responsible for the moment i guess but i don't constantly need attention So I'm a kind of person who wear a rock star down on stage or when needing to get a table at a restaurant and then it's switched off. Yeah. Cause the people who don't, the people who, you know, there are a lot of actors are are this way too. Like I know, I know some big, big movie stars and they need that attention. You know, that's their drive. And they're so obnoxious that I, I just can't tolerate it. You know, it's just like, oh God, you again. No, I don't need that constant attention.
0: When you've been in some pretty high profile relationships, do you feel like you're okay in that situation? Maybe not being the face of the relationship? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You're talking about Charlize Theron. Yeah. When we were dating, we would go on a lot of, um, she had a lot of promotional public appearance things to do where she would walk a line and I just couldn't stand it. So I was actually literally on the other side of the line going, go get them. <laughs> Leave me out of it. I'll see you inside. <laughs> yeah. You can have every personality type in every kind of gig. That's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So back to the new album, can you tell me about the most recent single, Dust Storm?
1: Well, it's not a single. You made it a single. You just started playing it. And that, to me, is just the greatest thing. I can't tell you how good it feels. I, the first call I got was a station in, um, it was like 91X in San Diego. Uh, my manager said, 91X is playing Dust Storm. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Clearly the cure is still popular. And, uh, and then another, then another station, then another station. And so y'all just found it. People, uh, you know, this is there's, there's usually, it used to be a lot worse, but there's a big, there's like, there's the whole promo radio promo industry where somebody comes up and they, these are our priorities. And these are the songs we're hustling. You got to listen to this song and that kind of stuff. And we just didn't have that for this album because I just didn't think it was going to be that kind of album and uh here it is uh playing on the radio v- that makes me feel as good as it's ever made me feel like there's no, I, there's nothing jaded about me at all to just you know to have a song that i wrote on the radio just somebody wants to play it on the radio and somebody wants to hear it is just effusive you asked about the single what's it like that was the last song we wrote on the album we were workshopping the record And at that point, yeah, we're, we're out there workshopping the record and my guitar player, Chris actually started playing this thing. I'm like, what's that? And, um, I said that he has the attention span of a hummingbird and he's like, I don't know, look, a squirrel (laughs) and I was like, no, that, that. And I already turned on my, um, I'd already turned on my like phone recorder. I'm like, play it, play that thing again. Those chords that, and you can hear me saying that, and he started playing it again. And I pulled out a notebook and I went, what in here in this, like my journal makes me feel like this song. So I'm just like, play, play, play. And I went, pictures came back from Mars, a new golden age we're told. And I started writing about this sense of this, I don't know, this combinations of, of how we're like in miracles and misery and how We're so isolated, but this isolation also compresses us deeper into each other. And I just kind of heard that in there, but the way he was strumming it, when we finished it by guitar player, Danny, who is always kind of with us, he's this, he does photos for us and just all kinds of things. He goes, he goes, boys, I think you might've written one of the greatest Cura songs ever written. (laughs) I'm like, good with me. Yeah. So I recognize the influence.
0: And you guys also got some special features mm. on my new album as well. How did you get those?
1: We were recording in Eagle Rock, um, which is kind of like just, it's just like the hipster neighborhood in LA, like past out past Silver Lake. And I knew that Bethany from Best Coast lived there and I'm the big Best Coast fan because I feel like that's like that California surf rock sound is so lined up in them and when I wrote again, I could kind of hear this shoegazy, uh, my bloody Valentine, bliss pop feel to it, and I could just hear her voice. So I asked her if she wanted to play, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's five blocks from my house. I'll just walk over." So she she walked over, and she was like, you know, total pandemic vibe So she had like pajama bottoms on, you know, and like there's a picture of the two of us, and we're just so we're so casual. Um, and we did it as a duet. Uh, We did it as a harmony at first. So she was doing the fifth above me. And I was like, it's, you know, this song is kind of has this, like, it's just about longing. It's just like, it's kind of like, there's this like horniness to it. uh, How else to put it? And I was like, I think we got to sing this together. This has to be like us, like our voices together. And so she sang it, uh, in the same interval as me. And it was immediately done. She sings really fast. So that's how that came together. I could hear her in in that song the whole time. And then Jeff from Smashing Pumpkins, he also lives kind of, well, he lives in Koreatown, which of course, because he's so cool. And he said to somebody in the band, I heard you guys are in town and I just want to come hang out. Uh, I just want to be back in the studio. Like I just want to be involved. I'm tired of this Zoom relationship. So he comes over and we said, yeah, if you're here, you're in the band. Cause we kept, we didn't call this third up line. We called it Threb. We called it the made it this other, it's like another thing. So if you're here, you have to play Because I would love to play. And so he gets in the studio and he played funeral singers with us. And, you know, he turned it from one thing into like Judas priest. To me, it sounds like Judas priest. <laughs> if you're into that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So you have a lot of different sounds on this album. If there's a little Cure, a little Judas Priest, a little yeah. Coast, a little Yeah, a
1: little Adrian Lenker, she's definitely an influence. Yeah, you could hear I listen to a lot of like kind of uh, like that LA neo folk thing which is it's kind of a millennial thing where it's like, you know, I'm going to be so honest that it's bordering on exhibitionism. And it's but it's like this rediscovery of Laura Nero and, and uh, you know, like an LA folk scene that was happening, you know, from their parents, I guess. I don't know. But it still really moved me. You know, I've said that if there's a, if I have a favorite artist right now, it's probably Adrian Menker because she just, I don't know, it just <clears throat> hits right down there in the, in the pulse. And I, it made me go, wow, am I I'm always asking this question. Am I really actually being honest enough in what I'm doing? And I was sitting there wondering that question. I was like, cause this makes me nervous. You know, if I was playing this, if I was playing this live, I would, I would like at an open mic night, I would get nervous. This is what I was thinking to myself. And as I was thinking that, I was like, well, that's the truth. So write that down. So I said, I get nervous before my take outside a club in Silver Lake. But then I also felt this, I always feel like in LA, I've come to kind of love Los Angeles more. I've always hated it. I always feel a little bit like it's a show. Your innocence is practiced. You know, your open face is one that you practice in front of a mirror. So both of these things are happening all at the same time. And that was, for me, as truthful as I could be in that moment. And it's all because... Uh, Adrian Lenker Phoebe Bridgers record like I heard Garden's song before that record came out I heard it before it was released and I was like whoa that's really really good never heard of Phoebe Bridgers before that song and it just it kind of really really impressed me
0: have you ever written a song and heard somebody's voice in it but you weren't able to get them to be on the song
1: mm. I hit up Kanye once he was busy
0: He's always busy, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Miranda, thank you. Thanks for having me. Was, I enjoyed this conversation. And um, just thank you guys for supporting our band. It, it means the world to me. I really do appreciate it.
0: We're going to check out Dust Storm right now on The Resistance.